The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We got lots to talk about tonight. We got big bids on Nolan Gorman and Fab. We have Jeff winning soccer championships. We have the Warriors up 3-0, and we got Justin Thomas winning the PGA. A good sports day here, all coming up next. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, I'm Scott Jensen, joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Uh, if you can please rate or review the podcast, that does help us out a lot, helps people find the podcast, all that good stuff. If you enjoy listening to us every Sunday night, uh, please leave a bunch of stars, say something nice about us. It would be greatly, uh, greatly appreciated. Jeff, it's uh, Sunday night. We're in late May. We got the season in full swing. How is everything over there? Everything is fantastic. Everything is awesome. Um, no, things are good. Uh, and we, and that's before I looked at my baseball teams. We had a very, very good soccer weekend. Uh, we, My daughter's team won. They're a rocket ship of a team. That's four tournaments in a row, and my daughter scored the winning goal. She's not much of a goal scorer. She's had like three during this cycle, but uh, it was a good day. She's, she's, like, a good day. she's like Draymond Green, just makes it when it matters. And then my adult soccer league team won the championship too, so – and I had zero to do with it. But I was going to so say, I, how, many I, game, how many game-winning goals did you have? Um, I – 0.0.0, but that's okay. That's not my job, Scott. I'm How about a, a game-winning hockey assist or something like that? Yeah, I'm a defender. It's okay. Uh, all right. Well, you saved goals. That matters. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Everybody Beautiful. matters. Well, yeah, it was a good day here. We mentioned uh, my Warriors are up 3-0. We mentioned on the Gaming Golf Podcast. If you don't listen to that, we had a, had a winner this week with uh, with Justin Thomas. Almost had a 150-to-1 winner with Mito Pereira, but uh, just blew it at the end. But at least it, it turned out well. But we are here to uh, talk baseball. Uh, we got a lot going on, some big fab bids. Um Jeff, let's take a look at week eight before we do anything else. Uh, got another big week. I think that uh, the first missed week of the season has made There's a lot of busy, big weeks. We have 13 games, 13 teams with seven games this week. We do have a couple teams with five games, the White Sox and uh, Miami. Uh, we got a lot of action in the AL East. Uh, Jeff, the Red Sox, I think we left them for dead last week. We're talking on the podcast. Uh, won five in a row, making up a little bit of ground slowly in the uh, in the AL East. I'd say quickly. Oh, yeah. Not on the Yankees, but because yeah. the Yankees are really good at baseball. Except today, not so much, but... Um, did you ever think we'd be at May 22nd and the blue Jays would have at least run scored in the division? No, especially when you consider the ballpark in Baltimore. Yeah. There, uh, the, the Orioles and the Jays both have 147 runs scored. Uh, it's been weird in Toronto. They just have the, the like kind of low Boba Shep broke out a little bit yesterday. T Oscar has, uh, not done much since he, uh, since he came back from his injury, you got to figure they're going to go at some point, but it's been uh, it's been weirdly rough there. They uh, they've they've given up more runs than they've scored, and um, I think you know baseball's a long season. They're going to get hot at some point, but I think everybody's ready for that to happen because a lot of people that drafted a lot of Blue Jays uh, really high in fantasy drafts. You know, and the thing is, I want to say, well, they're missing uh, you know Marcus Simeon, but they're not exactly missing Marcus Simeon, Bob. I mean that that's one of the big stories. Mar- Marcus Simeon's missing them, I'm afraid. Yeah, Ser- Sergio Espino has actually been more uh, productive. Yeah. Did Semyon homer this week? He didn't, did he? I don't think he did. I think um, we're st- we are still at a zero homers for Semyon. That is, I know it's still early, but not that early. That's that's pretty wild, especially if you draft him in the third round. Uh, zero RBI, uh, zero home runs, nine RBIs, and 180. That's a big chunk of the season. He's in nothing hard. We talked about him a bunch, but uh, does not seem to be getting better. I don't know. Uh, I don't know when uh, when it's going to come around. Do you think that there's anything actionable about it though? Other than maybe trading for him in a note in a in a trade league, I know in the NFPC you can't do any trades, but 
Um, and you don't really play trade leagues, so I'll answer my own question then. Basically, do you buy low? I guess. Uh, depends how low is a cop out answer, but yeah, yeah I'd, probably, uh, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably, I'd probably trade where I get a get a decent price in them. Right <coughs> now. But uh, you're not gonna be able to buy them any lower. I, I imagine you're at the point where the his his manager is getting a little fed up at this point, and maybe you might be at the point where you actually can finally buy low. Exactly. Maybe. Um, oh, I'm sure do you, you can. Do, actually. do you bench him in an NFPC league? Are you just kind of throwing him out there and figuring I drafted him? I'm living and dying with this guy. Or do you do you think like I'm going to make him do something before I play him again? Um, I think you'll probably play him. I mean, he has three bags. Uh, I don't know. Dude. I like I mean, how you say he has three bags. Like that's some saving grace to the rest of it. I know. Well, I'm thinking like maybe he'll run still, but then you have to get on base. Uh, yeah, his OBP, he has, he has 13 runs scored. Like that's really bad too. In 38 games, he hits the top half of the lineup every day. It's it's been brutal. That's a that's a week. rough that's a rough seven weeks. Six game week at. Angels, Syndergaard, and Detmers, and then at the A's, our A's. Um, Montas looks like he's going to make that start. So Yeah, I think he's fine. Apparently he played catch today after getting hit in the line drive, uh, in the hand of the line drive yesterday, which yeah. sucked if you had him because it was a short outing. But um, yeah. it seems like a, a huge score to avoid any kind of serious injury there because it looks scary at the time. Exactly, exactly. So I always think that sometimes those guys get pushed back by a day or two, but – Given that his start is Thursday, anyhow, he'll probably pitch at least once this week. Yeah, so it's uh, it's, hey, Reds though won six of the last ten. Actually playing some uh, playing some better baseball. Uh, Do you think they catch the A's by the end uh, by the All Star break in terms of record? Uh, man, by the All Star break, do I have to wait that long? Yeah, probably. No, well, I mean, just because you are so despondent on your team, they're horrible. They're so unwatchably bad. I mean, well, and then you say, can you know, it, when the, the sign of hope is catch this unwatchably bad team by the all-star break? Uh, it's well, uh, yeah, you're right. That's six more weeks. And they're what? Uh, they're like uh, five. Uh, they're only like, well, they're only like three and a half games behind them. All right. How about by June 15th? No, not by then. Probably you're, it's probably not likely, but July 1st, maybe. I mean, how do, we, do they how do we trade away like, Montas? How, how do we like such bad teams, Jeff? We're bad people. You apparently know, so we, we deserve bad things apparently uh, I, after g- him getting hit by a line drive having a scare him getting hurt i would i imagine they would just want to trade him as soon as they can to not to know to avoid that but i think they'll trade him at the trade deadline to be honest with you. i think they'll wait to uh, wait a little bit longer get a really good price for him and figure out who really needs pitching and kind of do it that way but um, it'd be crazy to keep him and there's no reason to keep him at this point when you've, when you've emptied the uh when you've emptied the uh the coffers this much like you might as well just fully do it yeah yeah i mean it's the opposite of a go for it. Just, you know, when you're all in, you're all in on just sucking and just sucking the life out of your fan base. I mean, let's just, let's go full, full. Padres are hot in San Diego though. One four in a row. You think they have a, uh, you think they have a chance to stick with the Dodgers long-term or we're just looking at a first six weeks kind of thing. No, they got a chance. I mean, yeah, pitching, staff, pitching, staff, pitching staff's nice in San Diego. And the pitching staff is rough with the Dodgers right yeah. now. I mean, they're also in a stretch where they're playing 31 games in 30 days. I think I had transposed the other way, but it's still rough, really rough. And yeah, Tony Gonsolin saving them. Like he's going out there throwing good starts. Like he's uh, he's stepping up big right now with, with Kershaw out. And, you know, they're throwing, they're throwing Tyler Anderson twice this week. Uh, Pepio is pitching this week. It's uh, it's been rough, but they I mean, they're just so deep. They find a way to get done. Mookie Betts has been really, really good about the last four weeks. Well, and one of the hallmarks of the Dodgers is that they're deep, right? Um, money affords depth, and but they're that even that depth is getting tested. I mean, they were so good at run prevention before. I mean, they still are, but you know, the Phillies kind of put a dent in them a little bit there. You know, it, they'll they'll have another surge. Um, they're they're not where the Yankees and Astros are yet, but they're still pretty close. I mean, they're still going to be odds on one of the favorites. It's just not the favorite right now. They're one of the favorites. The Astros are disgustingly good. It's, uh, yep, it's they are. They're, they're a really good squad. But we got uh, we got some good offensive schedules. Week. If you're looking to stream some hitters, get some guys in there that might have good lineups. I really like the Twins this week. Uh, goes without saying, uh, they have four against Detroit and four against or three against Detroit, four against Kansas City. I uh, gotta really like uh, those matchups right there. The Dodgers, not like guys you can pick up on the Dodgers, but if there's any kind of fringy guys. They get Pittsburgh this week, who just, I mean, gave 18 runs to St. Louis today. All the St. Louis young guys were mashing today. Um, four at Washington uh, lines up uh, lines up really well. The Cardinals are suddenly a, a fun team. They've got uh, they got Yapez, they got Gorman, they got Brandon Donovan. They got a lot of guys that uh, suddenly they're they're a different team than they were even a couple weeks ago. And they're a lot more fun to watch. I wasn't the first to point this out, uh, but the Cardinals are being aggressive yeah. right now. 
Um, and, I mean, they're calling up their prospects. Libra Torres going back, went back down, but they called him up for a start. You know, I, I, you know, I think on the pod, it was funny, like on Thursday's podcast, I was musing like, or maybe on, on one of the XM shows, like, oh, Libertor is never going to get called up. He's 22. <laughs> just be a little patient, my God. Um, and it turned out they had to wait a day. Yeah, it, it was really funny. I asked about Gorman and Libertor next day. Boom. Um, I did not they, get Gorman anywhere, by the they way. They seem really, Libertor. I mean, at least if you read the quotes, they seem pretty committed to Gorman playing second base every day. He's hitting, he hit second, I think, today and yesterday. Like they, they seem like they waited, they waited, they waited, and they called him up. And it seems like he's going to play and, and play every day and be a significant part of their lineup, at least. Uh, yeah. I mean, they he moved can, he can not strike out, they can strike out 40% of the time or whatever it is. But, um, you know, he's, uh, he's there to hit, he's there to play, which I think if you're going to call somebody up, that's the way to do it. Yeah. You know what? And, you know, he had a big day today that probably spiked his bids a little bit there. Yep. Uh, they moved Edmund to shortstop. I mean, that's a pretty significant move to just to, to accommodate him. So good. Uh, did you get him anywhere, Scott? I did not. I, I weird in my main event teams. Uh, one of them, I'm 10 home runs clear of the rest of the league. And Ooh. I got a lot of RBIs and I'm struggling elsewhere, but like, it just doesn't, it seemed odd to really do a huge bid. I think I'm going to need a huge bid on pitching or maybe a stolen base guy at some point. It just didn't make sense for a guy that, you know, really his calling card is power. Probably going to hit for a low average, probably going to hit a bunch of home runs. My other league uh, is a little more balanced where I am. I was in the like 130s and 40s for a bid. He went in that league for 317 to Justin Mason. Um, so I had really had no chance of getting him. Um, so I was I was uh, a strong bid, but clearly nowhere near good enough to win. My other league, he went for 177. So it's kind of more in the range uh, with, with my bid in the other league, but it just uh, didn't work out. I just didn't – I like him. I think he's going to be fun. Love where he's hitting. I just – he wasn't a perfect fit for maybe what I needed to spend my fab money on. I kind of made a conscious decision not to be super aggressive with him or really anybody so far this year. Um, I don't want to spend 30% of my budget on anyone. Are you guys, uh, are you guys okay in closers and saves? So maybe you don't, you don't have, you're waiting for something like that or you don't need, you're not going to need that. Oh, we're absolutely not okay in closers right. and saves. And one of the two, um, we do have Clay Holmes. Uh, well, you and I talked off air about that. And uh, that's, I that's, need- that's a nice one to bring off the bench though. I tell you what. Yeah. Well, we actually have to bring him off the bench is the problem. We haven't done that yet. Uh, cause I'm an idiot, but, um, uh, <laughs> No, the notion was that we're trying to pile up wins early. Uh, and we did have four wins on uh, Friday, which was pretty darn awesome. And then that is two more this, on Saturday. Yeah, in this era of uh, not many wins, that that's really good. We kind of talked about it before we jumped on how if you're a – if you're a Chapman uh, owner in fantasy leagues, if you're a home, you have homes. How worried are you about Chapman? I think that at, with tonight he gave up, uh, he gave up another home run. He gave up two earned runs. I think that's five straight outings where he's given up runs. He mentioned after the game he's dealing with a little bit of an Achilles thing. He said it's not an excuse, but it's there, so kind of is an excuse. Uh, but runs yes, in five straight thank games. Thank you for saying that, by the way. Runs in five straight games. Holmes has been absolutely electric. Michael King has been electric. Uh, they have really good relievers. Um, we talked about how, you know, maybe that leash is not quite as long as it's been in, in prior years. You mentioned he's a free agent this year. They don't really kind of owe him anything. They don't have to worry about him next year. Um, do you think the leash is kind of at the point where it's really short finally? On a scale of one to 10, I, I put it about a five. All right. I, I think I am concerned. And it's Which not says a lot. Ju- it's always 10 with Chapman and the Yankees. Like it's been, it's been that way for years and yeah. five, five's a lot. Well, it's performance and now injury on top of that. And yeah. now that the reasons that gave that they gave him such a wide berth in the past are kind of evaporating. I mean, they have no obligation beyond this year. Yeah. Um, and, and he like the last couple of years, like four last five years had a walk rate over 10%, but striking out 40% of guys clears that up a lot. Strikeout right right now is 24%. Look, it didn't look what he did today, but I mean, he had, he had no strikeouts in a third of an inning. So it didn't, it didn't go up. But 24% suddenly makes him mortal and makes those walks very concerning, giving up a lot more contact. When you walk a couple of guys and you can't strike everybody else out to, to cover it up, um, yep. suddenly that matters really fast. Now, sometimes it comes back. I mean, I remember sure. when we were uh, writing Craig Kimbrell off as dead. Yep. Uh, and then he rallied and had a great year last year, at least before the trade. Uh, point is, you know, with, with relievers, I mean, that, that margin is so thin. Yeah. You, know, you know, a couple of really bad outings can skew a whole – whole thing but it's the supporting numbers that scare me you know the fact that he's not getting swing and misses um that at least as we expect from him yeah uh, that that's concerning yeah i mean it's just used to be able to walk two or three guys and then come in just gas three guys and it wouldn't yeah. matter but strikeout swing strike rate you mentioned 16.7 percent last year 20.1 percent 2020 
11.8% right now, like still fine, but not for a punch out reliever that walks too many guys. No, it's, uh, elite closers are at 20%. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, that's, that's okay for a starting pitcher, but, and especially if you're going to walk guys, that's just, uh, you're, you're leaving yourself to a lot of, uh, a lot of BABIP gods, a lot of, uh, He's given up. Uh, he gave up a home run tonight. I don't know how many, how many home runs he's given up. He's only given up. Uh, he's going to only give two home runs of the year. But um, yeah. the walks with lack of strikeouts is the big concern for me with Chapman right now. It is. It is um, concern. I mean, I, I'm gloating is actually the is the cause for me. But um, guys, I know I need uh, to be careful. I just how, don't. Have how long ago did you pick up homes? A while ago, like three weeks ago. So you've had um, him. You you were. I mean, had him. At, but here here's where I can't brag because he's been active zero of those weeks. But that's okay. Better to have him, and uh, you guys clearly have good options if you're not using him. But uh, what has he given up? Uh, he's given up one run, something like that. This year, giving up yeah one earned run in uh, twenty one and two thirds innings, twenty seven percent strikeout rate, two point six percent walk rate. Really nice. Uh, dude has been awesome. He has. He has. And four, four wins and four saves. Wow. I talked to Shu and we're going to get him active, which means expect him to come back down to earth. And, right. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's allowed, you know, one, you know, one earned run. He's allowed 13 hits, just two walks. I mean, he, he's not a massive strikeout guy, but that's yeah. actually, maybe that's okay. Um, he, he's not, because then your margin for error maybe is right. actually wider than you think, because he's not so reliant on the stuff being a plus plus. Yeah, and they can they can bring in Michael King to gas people in the seventh and eighth, and then go to Holmes the ninth. I think it's uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be, a lot of this will be on Chapman's uh, Achilles. Maybe they give him a little bit of a break, um, so we don't know too much about that right now. I just mentioned yeah. it after the game, uh, but let's jump into Fab. Uh, let's start with the starting pitchers. Uh, it was a tough starting pitcher week, uh, at least for me. Um, Brady Singer uh, threw well twice this week for uh, for the for the Royals. Obviously, a big um, prospect pedigree guy was the a first round pick in 2018. Um, struggled last year. ERA was four nine one. Strikeouts were down. Strikeouts are up a little bit this year. Obviously, in a small sample, he's thrown um, 19 innings, but up a little bit. Uh, pitched well twice this week. Uh, were you aggressive at all going for Singer? Maybe thinking that he's kind of figured something out here. You know, um, I actually put in a bid on AL Tout Wars where he is available. I mean, oh. that's, I mean, oh, the thing is, he, got, he was in the he minors. Went, yeah, he was in the minors. That makes sense. Yeah. And then he came up, you know, the problem is we probably missed his best week. Uh, be but tough for him to top this week. I agree. I was, uh, I mentioned I'm good in power and some things. I could use some pitching. I was my, I was pretty aggressive with him. I was in the seventies, got outbid. Someone bid him, uh, Michael Govier, who, uh, we both know. I think it was at like 85. So it was close to getting him. Um, I think you could squint a little bit and see that uh, maybe he's figured something out. I wasn't going over the top for him, but I think he's an interesting arm in a season where it's kind of hard to find interesting arms, uh, especially in a 15 team league. I found any kind of deep league, whether you play 15 or AL only, NL only, whatever it is, it's been hard to find arms you can, you can trust right now. And that's probably gonna get harder as we go along. It's not going to be suddenly them popping up. You're going to get kind of retread guys or guys that have dropped. But it seemed like Singer is maybe an an upside guy that uh, a chance to do well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's harder to find bats than it is arms, but and, and that's why I want to make sure I try to be more you, aggressive on the. Do bats you think that'll arms. change as we get to summer and ball and all that? Do you think that uh, we're going to shift that? Maybe it'd be, able to, it'd be tougher to. It find has arms. already that, started to shift, yeah. hasn't it? That I was mean, my that was my thought also. I think that uh, I feel like the first month I can kind of throw anybody out there and oh, he's got a good matchup. Let's just throw him. And now I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little uh, more gun shot, kind of where I was last couple of years with picking up kind of streaming guys and two star pitchers just to get some guys out there. Right on. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, we go back to the George Kirby bidding last week. And that was one of the reasons why I was calmer. Yeah. When it came, came to Kirby. And uh, the first start was not uh, really good. I think he get does he get the A's this week? Um, yeah, he does. He does get Oakland on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. Nice landing Seattle spot. Needs, Hopefully, Seattle he needs that too. By the way, uh, after this past weekend at Boston, yeah, they they ran to the Boston uh, the Red Sox at the wrong time. What did you do uh, with your old friend uh, Johnny Cueto? Two good starts this week. His first two starts off the uh, off the IL. Um, did you uh, did you put some bids in on him? I did. I was kind of in the mid range. I got outbid in one league. I got him in one league. Um, you know, I think that it's possible he gives up eight runs next outing, but this is a guy that last year ERA was 4.08. Like he wasn't horrible last year. I think I remembered him right. being worse than he was because 2020 was so rough in, uh, in, in San Francisco and last year was pretty good with the giants. Um, do you, are you buying this? Are you, uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, can trick people for a few innings. Do you, uh, where are you with, uh, with Quato? Are you guys in on the bidding? 
In on the bidding, yes. Um, not my priority, but definitely in, in on the string of bids. You know, the thing about Cueto, too, is like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm looking at the schedule and the, they have a weird thing where they've got a Friday off this week. Yeah, I don't. It must have been. I guess it's because they play the Cubs on the weekend. Yeah, they've got some sort games. of yeah, yeah Hall of Fame things or yeah. what that. Yeah. So he go. He should go. He's potential to go Sunday against the Cubs. Conceivably, they could skip him and go Dylan Cease twice this week. But I imagine they'll keep him in because he pitched so well. But I just, I mean, AL Central pitchers uh, with a good offense is not the worst thing in the world for sure. Oh, for sure. So yes, he was in my uh, waterfall, as it were. But someone in the uh, some I, I love when you say waterfall. Uh, someone in the chat. Asked, line. I'm just asked, borrowing it. Asked if it's time to cut bait with Trevor Rogers. Uh, we're going to talk about Trevor Rogers a little bit later. Um, I'm holding um, for now, but I'm uh, I'm I'm certainly concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's a little late for it to be early. It's a little late for it to be early. I thought he had maybe turned a corner uh, when he pitched really well against uh, Milwaukee. He had eight strikeouts and five and a third, but. I mean, he's gone six innings once this year. He hasn't had he's had more than five strikeouts in one start this year so far. I loved him in the offseason. I loved what I saw. He looks like a different guy right now. His changeup, <laughs> which was elite level kind of stuff last year, um, has been really bad this year. I don't know what happened to that pitch. You look at his changeup last year, 199 batting average against um 30% whiff rate. Whiff rate's down to 20.7% right now. Like it's a completely different pitch. Uh, I really liked him. I guess I should. Uh, I figured I got. I took both T. Rogers in the main event, and one of them's worked fantastically well. The other one, uh, not so well. Yeah, and I mean the velocity is the same. So to me, I think it's like he's tipping his pitch. I, I think I've said that before with you, or maybe on a different podcast. I don't know. I talk a lot, uh, <laughs> but people like to hear you talk, Jeff. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that said, I. I I don't I, I should probably like know more about the movement stats, things like that. That's where I think I, I still have a knowledge gap, but I want to know why people aren't swinging at that changeup. Yeah, I and people aren't really hitting it. They're just not swinging at it. They're not swinging right. and missing at it. They're not the batting average against still 214, but his fastball is getting killed. And maybe I mean the tipping kind of makes sense because maybe people are laying yeah. off that pitch and killing the fastball, which which kind of lines up. Um I just, I, I mean, I, I guess my, I have my answers are always in a 15 teamer. There's no way I'm cutting bait yet in a 15 teamer and a 12 teamer. I'm still, I'm still holding on. I think the upside is too big at this point to drop, but um, I don't think it's far off where the, the 12 team things becomes a pretty real question. I don't think it's more than two or three more starts before you gotta, you gotta figure out if you really want to keep the guy. I mean, the nightmare scenario is that of course. you drop him and someone else picks him up and he, he figures it out and, yep. Oh yeah, I was tipping pitches. Uh now it might just be that he's getting less movement on it too and if that's the case then that would explain everything too yeah, uh I mean, there's a guy with a 264 area at 133 innings last year i'm not ready to, i'm not ready to give it up yet i mean i just think that there's too much upside there i may be just being stubborn because i took him early and i liked him but uh, i'm holding for now is is my answer that i'm actually starting him this week yeah uh, i think i would too i and the leagues i have on my am i don't have them in the mains but i have them elsewhere we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys that I tend to struggle with are pitchers that I'm not really in on, kind of weren't very good the last four or five years, and suddenly have a bunch of really good starts. And Martin Perez <laughs> really fits in that mold. I'm like, this is a guy that's his ERA has not been under four three um, since 2013. So we're talking we're talking almost ten years. He's done 49 or third innings this year. He's made eight starts. His ERA is one six four. WHIP is one oh one. Uh, has not given up a home run yet. Uh, the swing strike rate's up a little bit, but still under 10%. So we're not talking about a guy striking. His strikeout rate's still under 20%. Walk rate's about 6%. Are we looking at a random luck kind of thing? Are you buying in on Perez? Ground ball rate's really good, 56% there. Um, what, do you, what do you do with a guy like this? Because I always struggle. I'm like, if I pick him up, I'm going to hit the blow-up start. Um, but then you keep missing out on good stuff. So where do you, where do you kind of fall with this guy? Um, I picked him up in AL Towers and Martin Perez's next start is at Oakland RAs. Stop uh, picking on RAs. And then a home start against Tampa Bay, which by the way, they strike out a lot. Yeah, they do. Uh, and then a home start against Seattle. Uh, they get a two start week next in, in, you know, next week, not this upcoming week, but the following week. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll at least ride with them in the next couple of weeks. Of course that, that could be a, a formula for fail because he is, Martin Perez after all, right. but I, and maybe he's the exactly the type of pitcher who benefits from this environment. He feels more empowered to throw strikes because he gets, doesn't get punished when he misses within the strike zone as much. So why not just keep force feeding strikes? When we were talking before, we talked about some, uh, you know, some two-step pitchers, what to do with those. Um, I think you mentioned you guys picked Tucker Davidson, uh Braves pitcher gets two starts this week against Philadelphia. Uh, a little scary there, but the Miami's second start, both at home. Uh, what uh, what do you like about Tucker Davidson? Uh, I think mostly two start week. I think he pitched, uh, you know, pitched reasonably well his last time out. I, I'd like to see a few more Ks, uh, but I, you know, you know, I, I just think that there there's some possibility two home starts basically. Yeah. I think that I looked at him and I had him on my waterfall, as you would say. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just James I, Anderson's line. I just uh, stole it. That's all. Fair enough. Um, speaking of guys who struggled in the past, but have seemed to really turn on, turn on the gas lately. Uh, Nick Pavetta has had four, three straight, really, really good starts. This is someone that two years ago, everybody loved. Everybody saw the strikeouts. Everybody's like, here comes the breakout. And uh, he blew up with a, a seven ERA in 2020, the year that everybody yeah. uh, everybody's in on him. But you look at his last three starts. Uh, we had three starts to go against the White Sox. Good offense, good team, six innings, five hits, no runs, eight strikeouts. Uh, at Texas, a good, pretty good matchup there. Seven innings, one and run, four strikeouts. But the one that really kind of put him on everybody's radar who had not fully seen his last two starts, uh, complete game against uh, the Astros this week. Nine innings. One earned run, eight strikeouts, two hits. You give a leadoff home run to Jose Altuve. I think they retired 18 in a row after that. Uh, did not give up another run. Um, pitches look good. He passed the eye test. I actually watched that game. I watched the last four of that game. Someone's like, yeah, oh, Nick Pavetta's you know, pitching well through five against Houston. I'm like, ah, oh, here comes the blow up. And he just, he, he just got better. He got stronger. He looks really good. Uh, do you think we're finally seeing the Nick Pavetta breakout? 
Oh, and then we're going to see a David Bush breakout. Not Matt Bush, but David Bush. Uh, David Bush is an old school, like Ron Chandler target kind of guy. Right yes, there. exactly. Yeah. Uh, because we've constantly been looking for this from Favetta for yeah. years and years. And lots of good players have been fallen by the wayside. By that. But Phil Dussault, you know, that was a, a Phil, Phil guy this year. So he's this year's Robbie Ray. Um, no, he might not be, but he, he really corrected it this, at least this last start against the Astros and he gave up a leadoff homer to Altuve in this yeah. game. And then he's like, okay, I'm done with that. Okay. Hit this now jerk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at his last it, it, five, two, the, the fourth and fifth start ago, he only pitched four and a third and four and two thirds, but these last three starts, six innings, seven innings, nine innings. I, uh, I was in on it. He had, he has two starts this week at Seattle and home Texas. Like I really like the matchups there. I like how Boston's offense is finally coming around. Got to like that for, for win opportunities. Uh, I'm in this week, uh, for the, for the two start week that I'm going to address and figure out whether I want to keep them. But, uh, I'm in this week and I'll be starting them where I have. Them. Yep. I don't have them anywhere, but if I had a chance to pick them up, I'd consider it. The guy that you and I talked about preseason that you liked is uh, Ronzi Contreras, the uh, young fireballer from Pittsburgh. Uh, there's word out of Pittsburgh that he got called. He's getting called up. Uh, it sounds like he's going to start Tuesday. It looks like the guest home against Colorado. He'd been kind of getting uh, stretched out in the in the in the minor leagues. He only threw uh, he threw a short outing last time, but he'd been being stretched up before that. Maybe they kind of thought they knew we were going to call him up and you know, just kind of give him one more tune up. Uh, this is someone that obviously strikes out a ton of guys. Uh, strikeout rate in the minors is 29%. In the majors in his short since here was 30%. But that uh, in 2021 in AA, a 35% strikeout with a 5.5% walk rate. Like some really good numbers. You look at his, his ratios in the minor leagues are really, really good. This is a big upside guy. Gurney's in a really bad place to get wins, of course. But um, how excited are you about seeing Contreras get called up and maybe just sticking in the rotation? They just throw him every fifth day for a while here. All my uh, draft and hold leagues are very excited about. Yeah, I was going to say I knew I knew you were in on that, so I figured you had a lot of uh, a lot of DC uh, shares there. And that's the only place I have him now, I think, because I cut him when he got sent down. Uh, note of caution: he's had one start that's gone through five, and it yeah. was his last start. Went five and two thirds, uh, but four and a third, four three, three and a third. I mean, he, he, they've been kind of treating him with kid gloves. I think the whole point was they wanted to stretch him out in the minors, and they did that, but. Yeah, I, I think that that's still going to, you know, length will still be a question here. Yeah, I think we're not going to get, you know, seven inning outings with 110 pitches, but it seems like they've stretched him out. Uh, if you have Contreras, uh, you do have him in some DCs. Are you putting him in this week? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I have him. Uh, I actually picked him up in the main event three weeks ago with the, when he kind of was starting to get stretched out. He got dropped and I picked him up for a cheap price. Um, so I'm really hoping this one works because that would be a that would be a really nice find if I get some pitching out of him. Yeah, home start against the Rockies. I mean, you got to take advantage of that. The problem with the, the, the following week is he's got a two-step, but at the Dodgers and then home against Arizona. Home against Arizona this weekend notwithstanding, I'm still liking that. Uh, but at the Dodgers, man, that scares me. Yeah, I'd like to get a little more uh, clarity from them if they're going to go five-man or six-man because I certainly would sit him if it was just one start against LA. But if he does get a second one, uh, you got to throw him out there. But you, know, yeah, you definitely don't want one against the Dodgers, especially on the road. Um, any other starters that you were excited about this week? I know there was some, uh, we talked about Zach Logue with the A's has two starts this week. He got picked up a lot of, it's not places last week, playing the pitch twice this week, kind of got pushed back there. Uh, was there any other starters you guys were, uh, were, were looking to, uh, to really find and use this week? Well, in one of my two main events, Mackenzie Gore was available and oh, he went for two nineteen. Second place was two eighteen. Uh, so one of those, oh, so, so I, I wasn't either of those, by the way. Um, but still, can I, that can was. I ask uh, how aggressive you guys were? Were you guys, you guys really? About hundred and I think one hundred and nine. Okay. Yeah. So a probably a keep modestish bid that if you know people weren't super aggressive, you get them. Uh, that's interesting because we'll get to later. Uh, Mike Clevenger went on the IL, so you know they yeah. can go. I think they're going to start Nick Martinez, I believe, tomorrow. So they're going to stick with the sick man rotation uh, at least this week. But um, Gore's been good. Gore was good again today against the Giants. He got the win there. Uh, he gets Pittsburgh next week, then at Milwaukee. Uh, that's a that's a starting pitcher that uh, whoever made that drop last week probably uh, regrets that one right now. Yep. And the thing is, we all have done it. So don't. The whole point is, you know, if you're an active owner, yep. you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes, and you'll you'll have to get back on that horse or move on to the next one. Just realize, you know, you got to make some mistakes to make some profit too. 
Yeah, I mean, last uh, he it looked like he. I mean, his first outing this week was not as a starter. I mean, he was going to be like piggyback. I think it was Snell uh, with Snell and Clevenger back. I can see, uh, I can see the drop there, but uh, that's tough when it uh, when it flips that fast. Although exactly. with Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger, uh, you got to think that it was going to happen at some point. But yep. um, the fact that it happened in the first week is is rough when you maybe you know you, you may need to pick somebody. You may have had a bunch of injured guys. There's a lot of reasons you got to drop somebody. We've all all made some drops of regret, but it always is always rough when it happens the week right after you do. Oh, precisely. Yeah. Uh, relief pitchers, uh, we're kind of in a weird lull right now. Like the first month of the season was like this reliever roulette. And there's all these guys we're picking up and maybe getting saves. Um, it's kind of slowed down over the last like three weeks. There's not been a lot of jobs that have changed hands. Uh, we talked about Clay Holmes a bunch earlier. I really like that. Uh, if you if you had him, like, I like, love picking him. He was like 59% rostered in the 12-teamers. He was already taken in all the main events. But uh, it might have been one or two. But he was, he was very highly uh, rostered there. But he was available in 40% of 12-teamers. Um, I was pretty aggressive. I picked him up for 67 in my online championship league where he was available. Backup bid was 58 I just think that the possibility here be to close her on the best team in baseball is something that uh, is is really really sexy. We already talked about him, but uh, he was available a lot of twelve, so that that bidding was interesting. Yeah, absolutely, um, and it, it should be, it, it absolutely should be. Yeah. Uh, how about Brooks Raley? Were you in on Brooks Raley at all? I just don't trust Tampa Bay situation at all. Like I get why people are doing it because Andrew Kittredge went on the, went on the aisle today. Uh, Rayleigh's been really good. He's got a whip under one, got a strikeout rate at 30%. I just, I usually find myself unless I'm super desperate, not messing with the Tampa Bay situation. Cause I just never can figure out what's going to happen. I hear you. Um, but typically at least they're giving you good ratios and other things. Yeah. So yeah, he's been good. Except, you know, I think, he's one of those guys where in a given week, it's not that impressive at the end of the season. You're like, Oh yeah, that that's, that's a good pitcher. And I, yeah. I got enough mileage out of him, but I understand um, why you, you, you know, you don't want to deal with that, but yeah. And I looked and he wasn't very good last year. So I got a little bit less excited as ERA was like four, eight whip was one, two. So I just, uh, but the strikeouts are certainly there and he cut, he's cut the walks um, and Tampa's you know, a good team to pitch on. Um, so it was a combo of Tampa and plus last year I wasn't, I was, uh, I, I think I had him, I'm going to use waterfall again. I had him in some backup bids and conditionals, but, uh, he was not, uh, not somebody I was heavily targeting. Right. And fire Ryzen's pretty good pitcher. Ryan yeah. Thompson's gotten some saves before, so I can see it. Yeah. They're just, they, I mean, if they've decided the guy and maybe they roll with somebody, but it's been very clear that they have not done that for a while now. Um, all those starters are pretty darn good though. Yeah, they are. I was uh, I was wrong on Shane McClan. I didn't love him at the price here. The dude has been like Cy, Le- Cy Young level competition good so far. He's been he's been nasty. Yeah, he has sixty five to ten so far. Sixty five Ks and forty six innings. Yeah, he strikeout rate as a starter is thirty seven percent. That is uh, that's, that's bonkers right there. I mean, he was good last year, but he's ramped it way way way. His whip's down 0.41 from last year. Like I was worried about uh, walks. I was worried about hard contact, and he would you know the ratios were good last year, but not like blow you away. The stuff was always there. I remember he made his first start against the A's last year. I was like, who the hell is this guy? This guy's nasty. But yeah, um, when you see stuff moving the opposite direction yeah, that you right? expect from a lefty at like, at like oh. 90, at like 99 too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he's filthy. He's fun to watch. Uh, what about the Reds? I've asked you about the Reds 9,000 times with terms of closers this year. Uh, Art Warren got the save today. Uh, Edwin Diaz, little brother, uh, pitched two innings, pitched really well. Uh, there was a that, that was a cool clip uh, earlier on Twitter this week about him and Edwin Diaz and what's your Diaz's name? Um, man, um, it is that? Alexis Diaz. Alexis, I was gonna say Arthur Diaz, and I knew that was wrong. I knew it started with an A. Yeah, um, Warren Alexis Diaz. That's why yeah. he thought Arthur. Oh, right, there you go. I was thinking Arthur Rhodes. Maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Arthur Rhodes is bad at the A's. Um, but uh, do you do you see a a kind of this is fitting me out a little bit. Do you see like Diaz a setup man Warren as the closer? Or you think that's going to be kind of uh, fluid as it's been? All I there? think there's no de- designed roles. Yeah. I think no designated roles. Excuse me. I think I I said designed, but designated roles. Yeah. Uh, uh, Diaz specifically has 11 walks to 17 and two thirds. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's just going to be kind of one of those things that who knows who gets it. I, do you? If you had to pick a guy, I assume you want Art Warren. If you've got to throw somebody out there in the mix, I refuse to pick a guy. That's yeah. that's my point. And Art Warren's not been good either. Like it's just no. uh, it's hard to find someone that's like, oh, at least if I use this guy, he'll give me great ratios. So you're not worried about the, the saves as much. But um, yeah, Art Warren's whip is one seven. So yeah, no yeah. There. 
Uh, so the big name in free agency this week was uh, Nolan Gorman. So I guess we're kind of bearing the lead with going with pitching first. But uh, Gorman was a uh, was a huge call-up. We've kind of mentioned a little bit of how much he went for. Um, you mentioned you guys were not super aggressive. Was that more of a uh, not wanting to spend a bunch on one guy? Are you good in power? Um, we kind of we kind of hit him a little bit earlier. But uh, what uh, you're thinking, just not picking up a big guy? Yeah, a more philosophical discussion than anything else. Yeah. Um, and for a guy that strikes out, so much yeah. even in triple a you know it's one thing to strike out that much in the majors i get it but you know he's got a cape he, he was striking out 34 percent of the time in triple a when he was crushing the ball when he made contact great but if you're missing it that much you're gonna miss it a lot in the majors too do you buy the it was only 19 percent in 2021 in triple a maybe you fall somewhere in the middle or do you think that uh you see you know selling out for the power swinging and missing 60 percent of the time it seems like uh, 15 home runs in 34 games is pretty crazy though. It is. It is. I mean, everything's crazy about him. Yeah. Um, and I know he got off to a good start, but pump the brakes. It was against it, the pirates. It was Pittsburgh. They scored 18 runs. It was one of those days where everybody was hitting, um, on that note of 18 runs, Jeff, I'm, uh, I'm pretty over the position players pitching in games. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Did you see, the, am... you see the giants one? Was it yesterday? It was today. Wasn't it? Luis? I didn't I think see it. Was, it. It was, if it was uh, today, I definitely didn't see it. Luis but. Gonzalez came in, actually pitched two scoreless innings. He was throwing 43 miles an hour. It was just like I, he was getting guys active, but it was so dumb to watch. It was like there used to be times where like it would happen every once in a while, and a guy would come out there like throwing 85. Like, oh, I didn't know this guy could throw 88. Like now right. he's throwing like lob pitches at 43. It's just stupid. Well, the Cardinals are using it in winning situations now as victory laps. You know, did they, did they throw it? last Sunday and oh, Yachty right. today. Yachty threw today. Oh, isn't that neat? No, it's not neat. It, he, gave, he gave it four runs too. <laughs> you know, I, I think Jeff Manns was tweeting on Twitter about that. And he's like, I, I don't find the, you know, I don't find it amusing. I, I just, I don't enjoy it. I think teams I, use yeah. it as a crutch way too often. And It'd be one thing if they're carrying 11 pitchers or something like that. Right. They're carrying 13, 14 pitchers. I mean, come on. You don't need to do that. And it's it's not fun or novel or neat anymore. It used I just, to be like once every month, you'd be like, oh, pitch, position player pitching alert on Twitter. You'd be excited. But now it's just so often and so dumb. I, I can't stand it anymore. Maybe, yep. I'm just, maybe I'm just a grumpy old man. But like that that Cardinals-Pittsburgh Pittsburgh game had – position players pitching for both teams in the ninth inning or in the eighth and ninth inning, I guess. But it's Josh Van Meter through and then Yadier through. It was just, it was horrible to watch. I mean, do you see like in a blowout game, do you see the punter take snaps as the quarterback? No, no you don't. I might, be, I might be in for that. I mean, I, yeah, I might be. Until <laughs> give, me a little, actually, give me a little, give me a little Johnny Hecker running the fourth quarter offense. Yeah. Until you see him getting like destroyed. <laughs> right. Yeah. It won't remember Kendall Blanton. I mean, you know, with the uh, Broncos when they yeah. had that COVID problem. That was, oh, what a great story. Oh, ooh, ooh. Oh, that's ugly. Wasn't he like one for 13 or something? Like, it was something insane, right? It was so unwatchable. It was terrible. I think I started him in uh, some league as a wide receiver getting quarterbacks. Right. Snatched. It did not work out well. It was, no, not, it it was not sneaky or tricky. You got duly punished. I, I did. I did it too in one league. So yeah, yeah. I, I admit that I that I earned that punishment. Uh, what about other bats? Uh, you mentioned before that uh, you thought finding bats was tough. I'd agree with you there. Um, looking at kind of corner infielders, there was not a lot there. Um, Frank Schwindel got called back up. Has been a little bit warm. Uh, were there any corner bats that you mentioned this week? I found it really hard to find first and third baseman. That was really uh, I was really excited about picking up. It's uh, it, it was pretty scant out there. It, scant is a good word. Um, we repicked up Frank Schwindel and dropped Colin Moran. Uh, man, just what a great move that was! Awesome, <laughs> just gross. It's uh, uh, it's so hard to time these these fringy guys. It's so hard to time, but I mean, I least, won at least. So yeah. there's that. But. At least uh, Schwindel like showed a bunch. There's a bunch last year. Hit really well in AAA. Hit 326 with the Cubs last year. Got a little bit warm this week. I think he homered today. Both him and Patrick Wisdom both homered for the Cubs today. Um, who knows? I'd rather have Schwindel and Colin Moran though, if I had to put it that way. Yeah, I, I, I did would and did, and we got him back at least. So boot and rally. We 
Fantastic. We mentioned uh, we mentioned Nolan Gorman at, at middle. He was a uh, second baseman. Was there anybody else um, that you found at second base? Well, how do you feel about uh, Jonathan VR right now? He was starting really cold. He's eligible at second, third, and short. Was available in some 12-teamers. I was actually tried to get him. I got outbid, I think, which is maddening because I actually need stolen bases in that league. Um, do you think that VR is at a point now where he's going to play every day? Because he certainly has been lately and maybe warming up a little bit. And obviously – Finding stolen bases is not easy, and he's a guy that can throw up some stolen bases in bunches. You should say, like Pimpin, stealing bases is not easy, but uh, not, you missed uh, an, I just, that opportunity. I, I, I'm not able to pull that off, I'm afraid. Yeah, you are, but it's okay. You're much cooler than I am. Uh, <laughs> you know, he. I think I tweeted on Monday about his VR's lack of stolen bases, so of course he had a couple this week. Right. But the whole point is, like, what are we doing here if he's not running? I mean – He's not he's not of any use if he's not if he's not running, but he is starting to run now. So I, I don't have the I didn't get VR back anywhere, but I could see it. Yeah, I mean he had he had two stolen bases and two home runs this week, and he has two home runs and three stolen bases all year. So uh you probably miss his best week of the season, but or maybe he's just ramped up and ready to go. Um I was fire. I, I mean I bid 17 bucks. It's not like I'm super fired up about it, but I need some stolen bases in one of my onlines. That's kind of my weakest stat, so I, I went for it, but uh, got outbid, so I hope he goes back to being first six weeks uh, Jonathan <laughs> VR. Where he was not playing every day. Yeah. Uh, outfield is an interesting spot, though. I don't think there was a lot at corner mill this week, but there were some outfielders. Um, what is up with the resurrection of Cole Calhoun in Texas? He had five home runs last eight games, I believe it is. Um, really hitting the ball hard, playing every day. Uh, he's hit, only hit 243, but the hard hit rate's 47.5%. Barrel rate's 13.8%. Um, are you in on the Cole Calhoun uh, ride the hot streak? I picked him up last week in the main event. Um, that would really, uh, really worked out pretty well. I, I'm going to call myself just lucky on that one because I need an mm-hmm. outfielder. He was playing. I think he hit two home runs on Sunday. I'm like, all right, I'll try this out. Um, every once in a while, I get pretty lucky, and it's kind of fun when it happens. But yeah. uh, are you in on him kind of moving forward as a, as a usable guy in a deeper league? Yeah. Yeah, I think I am. I mean, he, he's had seasons or at least half seasons before. Yeah. I mean, he had one in 2000, happy fun ball year. He had 33 homers and normal years. He's more of a teen sort of guy. Yeah. Oh, they had 16 and 54 games in 2020 in Arizona just got hurt, but yeah, but that was happy fun ball too. Also yeah, it was, it? it was definitely happy fun ball in 2020. Also, um, I kind of like him. I just, I think the hard contact is, is real. I mean, you got to be careful. I think in, he works well in NFC format. We can sit him if he had two lefties or something over the weekend. Um, but I think in a 15 team, or I think he's usable as your kind of sixth or seventh outfielder, maybe use him as utility. Um, I think he's someone that if you get the right matchups, uh, he's a guy that you can play maybe half the week, something like that. Sounds right. Uh, the other guy that I was interested in, I picked up in main events is uh, in Minnesota. Trevor Larnack got called back up uh, today, I believe. Yeah, he was over five today, which is not great. But um, he's someone I was mildly interested in a couple of years ago. He hit really well in the minors in 2019. Um, has not been great since, but I think he's a guy who hit the ball hard. Uh, even in 2021 with the Twins, he only hit 223, but 40% hard hit rate, 9.5% barrel. So far this year, 44.5% hard hit rate, 11% barrel. A guy that when he does hit the ball – Hits it pretty hard. A lot of strikeouts against some batting average risk, but I think he's someone who, again, kind of a matchup play, deeper league, AL only, um, can run in some home runs. He's only 25. He's a first-round pick. There's a little bit of prospect pedigree here, too. Um, I kind of like Larnack a little bit. Kind of do, at least I have in the past, but he's also striking out a lot, too. Striking out a lot. He's going to be a batting average problem for sure. Uh, what about uh, in Tampa, Isaac Parides, uh, a Derek Van Riper favorite for uh, for many, mm. many years. He's uh, he's talked him up, uh, our, our old Rotowire friend now at The Athletic. Um, Homer today for Tampa. Uh, I always worry about playing time in Tampa. You know, they're they're still trying to figure out, like, it's going to be, is Parides going to play, is Bruhan going to play, to call back up Josh Lowe. But um, Parides is an interesting, interesting guy. Were you in on him at all? I think he was, like, I, he was backup bids for me in my AL only league on Thursday night, but wasn't my priority. I will say that he is out homeward the guy who was traded for Austin Meadows by an infinite amount. Uh, I was going to ask you, Austin Meadows, uh, I dropped Austin Meadows today at 12 teamer. The quotes that I saw from the Tigers were very concerned. He's got this vertigo problem. They said they're really yeah. concerned about it. Can't figure out what's going on. Um, you combine that with zero home runs, zero stolen bases already this year. Um, I kind of cut bait on him. I'm worried about uh, production-wise. I'm also worried about him health-wise. And obviously, you want him to figure out the health stuff first. But um, I dropped him at 12-teamer. I don't think I could have quite done a 15-teamer, but he's right on that fence right now for me. 
I can appreciate that. Uh, I think name value is alone probably prevents you from doing that. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. And, yeah. you know, the weird part is he was at, for a while, he was hitting for average, but not power. Yeah. I mean, I, I could believe it's zero home runs and zero steals. It's uh, it's been a weird, it's been a weird, strange Austin Meadows path since that one huge breakout year where everybody was like, this is the next big thing. And it's been kind of rough since. Yeah, it is. And emblematic of the Tigers struggles all season long so far. Uh, that is that is true too. A couple of a uh, couple of old vets. We talked about Cole Calhoun, but a couple other old vets had really big weeks. I'm curious if you were interested in picking them up. Uh, one of them is an uh, old friend of other podcasts, a guy that you and I both have really liked over the years. David Peralta in Arizona um, had a really big week. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer in Tampa Bay, someone with. And whenever he's healthy, he's got a little speed power, uh, speed mm-hmm. power upside. Had a had a, a good week this week. Also, um, deeper leagues. These old boring veterans. Were you in on a Peralta or uh, or Kierminer bids this week? I think I'm, I'd be more interested in Peralta in leagues where he's available. Me too. Um, I, I just think there's a little bit more consistency consistency at the plate. Hits uh, hits in a good spot in the lineup. Almost always, they're pretty committed to him. But he's up to seven home runs. I know he's hitting two twenty five, but. Um, some pretty good hard contacts. He's above forty percent. Doesn't strike out a lot. Walks a lot. I just always kind of liked him as a hitter. Um, yeah. You know, I think the batting average will come up. This is a guy that hit like two ninety three a couple times. Hit three hundred in twenty twenty. Two sixty last year. There was no power last year, but it seemed like the power's back. I, I'm more a little worried he may be selling out. He's swinging and missing more than he was, but we can find right. a happy medium of maybe hitting a little more power, but a, a better average than now. Um, I think he's usable. I think he's borderline usable at twelve. I think he's definitely rossable at the fifteen. I'd I'd agree with that. Anybody else outfield wise? Uh, Kyle Lewis in Seattle was available in a bunch of twelve teamers. Um, you know, former rookie of the year, um, expected to be called up here pretty quickly for the Mariners now that he's healthy. Um, how do you feel about uh, Kyle Lewis kind of moving forward here? Well, I mean, he has a place to play with Kelnick back down. So, yeah. it, you know, I think anybody that's going to get regular at bats, you got to at least consider him. Um, I think Kelnick struck out twice where you were talking about him right there. Oh boy. It's uh, it's not gotten better in the minors. He's at forty eight percent strikeout rate in the minors through his uh, first twenty five plate appearances. Josh Lowe is like that too. He got a little bit warmer, but yeah, he he's like he, Lowe is crazy. His first twenty one plate appearances in the minors, he struck out fifteen times. Um, has come around a little bit, but uh, he's still at forty three percent in sixty five plate appearances. Uh, not going to get called up really quick when you're striking out forty percent of the time. Nope. The Kellick thing is weird. Like, uh, do you? How do you feel about him? Like, if you're like in a dynasty league, what the heck do you? I mean, you got to just hold him, but. This is like this is like the next big thing, and he's been bad two years now. I mean, that we're not yeah. talking years, but two different seasons. Um, you know, I think you kind of you kind of over oh you kind of looked over last year. It's like oh, first time up, and he just I don't know I don't know what to think, but uh, it's it's been rough. He's swinging missing a ton this year. Yeah, I think there is you know almost simultaneously a sell low and buy low window. I mean, if you're and I, let me explain this a little bit more. If you are contending this year, I think he's a sell low guy, and with the the chance that he may not come back. Uh, if you're a buy low window, you, you go out and take a chance on a guy like this. If you are already kind of a low team to begin with. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Julio Rodriguez is already really good. Yes, that's like, true. Really legit, really freaking good. He's hitting 275. He's hitting like cleanup for a couple times this week. They hit cleanup uh, yesterday and the day before third. Uh, do you, if you had to predict a 2023 main event ADP, for Julio Rodriguez, is it above or below 21? Why did you arrive at 21? Middle of the second round. I just kind of ballparked mm. it. I think it's I think it's I think under. it's above. I think it's under. You, you mean like lo- lower number? Like earlier, I think it's right? gonna be one, two turn kind of guy. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I agree. oh you gotcha. So you meant you meant you meant drafted higher. Yes, earlier. I gotcha. Um yeah, it's uh, 12 stolen bases already, 47 hard, hard hit rate. It's going to be a fun summer for him. I think he's a, I think he's a one-two turn guy next year. Yeah, probably worth it. it. As long as he's, st- you know, and the thing is, you get him, you get him early while he's still running yeah. to max out his value. Yeah, and you know, it's going to be the buzzy. Everybody's going to want him. Oh well, you got to if you want him, you got to take him at pick 12. It's right. you can already hear those conversations happening. Uh, quick, some nose and notes before we uh, jump out of here. Um, Max Scherzer, obviously the big news of the weekend. He got hurt. Uh, he has an oblique injury. Left early. His start, I think, it was on Friday. Uh, Expected to miss six to eight weeks. Jeff, that is a that is a big uh, a big miss for the Mets and really for fantasy teams. He just came in the first second round as your ace. Uh, missing two months of Scherzer is really significant. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like consolidation time in main event, you know, in FBC and things like that. 
pull a guy out like that now. I mean, it's just it's we got past the novelty of the season. Now it's the steady right. drumbeat time. And it's not like it was a steady jumping to injuries all week, all especially today. There was a ton yep. of stuff. And we talked about Clevenger came out with that, that news. Uh, Freddie Peralta today was, uh, he's finally starting to pitch well, uh, left his start early today. Yeah, that was having, a bummer. An, having an MRI Monday on his throwing shoulder. Uh, never anything good. You have an MRI on your throwing shoulder. And you got to think that'd be careful with him, even if it's not serious. Um, I am very concerned about uh, one of my two or three favorite pitchers in the league to watch. Yeah, uh, me too. Um, this is, this is a real bummer. Um, yeah, and they have six guys in the rotation, so that actually probably skews against Peralta a little bit too. Yeah, and they, I mean they'll just throw they'll just throw Ashby will just kind of be the fifth star and they'll probably go with yeah. five. But um, rough. I mean another guy that if you took him is probably in the late third round, and uh, that MRI tomorrow is really sniffing because he could miss. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't miss a bunch of time, but certainly uh, certainly a possibility there. We mentioned Andrew Kittredge, uh, sort of pseudo closer with the Rays, went on the aisle with the back issues. Uh, Brandon Belt. Uh, we talked about Brandon Belt a bunch in the preseason. Like, oh, he's finally hitting. He's finally there. The issue with Brandon Belt is he has trouble staying on the field, and here we are again. You could stop making cheesy commercials, and maybe that help him stay on the field a little bit more, huh? Uh, is those his like captain boating commercials or something? Yeah, yeah, they're not great. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez left uh, left his start early. He went the aisle with a left rib cage strain. Strain uh, is Erod a drop for you or a hold for now? Mm, hold for another week at least till I get a better sense of time frame. I, I thought this was a bad week for starting pitchers anyhow. So on the waiver wire, so I mean, I'd, I'd rather just keep the long term upside of Erod than yeah. than than whoever else I'm going to pick up. That's where I was in a 15 teamer for sure. A 12 teamer, if you needed to find an arm, I'm I'm kind of okay cycling through uh, with him. Um, I think he's a little more fringy in a 12 teamer. A 15 teamer, I'd hold on to. Uh, some other quick notes. Uh, Nelson Cruz left early with a sprained ankle today. Definitely check the uh, check the Nationals uh, schedule. They play the Dodgers tomorrow. So, um, are you okay? Uh, I'm okay just because it's an ankle sprain. If it was anything more serious, I'd be a little I'd a little more upset. Okay. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle left uh, left of the trainer in the ninth inning. Maybe check that one. Uh, Steven Matz kind of falls in the Freddie Peralta range. He left his start early today, having an MRI in his shoulder coming to. I think uh, another one that I would be very concerned if I if I had Steven Matz in leagues. Yeah. He's the opposite of Peralta too, though, because I'm never really interested in watching him start. I've never been tempted. I'm I'm not tempted by him. I think I've uh, had him once or twice, and it's just not worth it. He's, I was getting, super, he's good for one blow up a year. Super tempted, like three years ago, is one of my targets, and uh, it didn't work. And I've kind of been um, I don't know if I bias the right word, but a little bit scarred, and I just haven't gone. Right. Uh, I haven't gone back. I mean, it was okay last year. Disposed against. But his whip last year was still one three three. Like it just, uh, I don't think you're gonna have an ERA under four when you do that kind of whip again. So I was, I thought right. it was kind of fortunate last year. So I stayed away. Uh, Wander Franco missed the weekend with a quad injury that he had on Friday. Uh, for all the Wander H- Franco hype in April, uh, May's been pretty quiet for him. Yeah, it has. I think that you know, young young player kind of stuff. We expect that, but it's just funny how everybody's like, "Oh, you should." You know, you, I can't believe people took Wander Franco ahead of you know, or, or Bobby Witt or Julio Rodriguez in front of him. And it, uh, it's amazing how things uh, flip. Uh, Franco's hitting two hundred three with no home runs in May. Yeah, and I think he like didn't run out of play at one point in time too. Got some blowback on that, and you know that's that's part of growing up as a major leaguer too. It is, and I obviously think he's going to be really, really good. But yeah, two hundred three with uh, one stolen base and seventy four plate appearances in May. It's been a, it's been a rough month. Uh, we talked to Fra- about Frankie Montas. It looks like he'll be okay. I think you can start him this week if you normally start him. Uh, Ramon Laureano left uh, sat Sunday with some swelling in his hand. Um, F- it's weird to me. Like, I don't really have an issue with the steroid stuff and all that, but I found myself uh, not liking Ramon Laureano as much as I used to. I think I'm holding a grudge from last year. Yeah, I mean, especially they were like in a pennant race and he just losing him just killed them. It did. It did. They really tanked after that. And, you know, they had to give up Jesus Lazardo to try to address that with Marte. And now, now, of course, Lazardo is hurt again. But prior to that, he had kind of refound himself. Uh, So you never know. I mean, why weren't they spending more time trying to do that themselves, I guess? Or maybe they did and he just wasn't listening. But. Point being is, it seems like a missed opportunity. 
Yeah, and Loriano, I mean, obviously, watch. I watch more A's games than I want to. I watch a lot of their games just because it's ingrained in me. And they're, you know, yeah. they usually play at night, and I, it's, they're not many games on, so I flip them on. Uh, Loriano to me looks super rusty, and I'm, you know, to be expected. I mean, he missed a lot of time last year, missed a bunch yep. of time this year, but um, he didn't look like the same guy so far. I think that you have to probably hold him in a deeper league, but I've uh, not liked what I've seen so far. I'm hitting nothing hard, does have a couple stolen bases, but he's not hitting any, not driving the ball at all. He has one RBI and 58 plate appearances. Grant, a lot of that Eesh. comes from the fact that. Uh, nobody's on base for the A's doesn't help, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm not super optimistic about uh, this turning around too much for Loriano as a, as a big fantasy uh, helper this year. I agree. Uh, Joey Gallo and uh, he got Higashioka. I can never say his name. I went on the COVID IL for the Yankees. So if you have them, uh, you might miss Joey Gallo going one for 26 this week. So you <laughs> might have to take him out. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, who on the opposite side has been really good, uh, has had a great season so far. Left uh, early Sunday with a tight hammy. Obviously, I hate to see that with anybody that steals bases. Let me check that one. JD Martinez, same kind of thing. Scratch Sunday with back spasms. Uh, Dylan Carlson in St. Louis. Uh, we talked about the young, exciting Cardinals. We thought that Dylan Carlson would be one of those. Um, has not done a lot this year. Hitting 247, two home runs, one stone base. I think he might go on the IL. Um, he might be coming, uh, getting kind of drop territory. He's not hitting anything hard, not doing a lot. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be opposed to dropping him in the in a 12 teamer right now. Mm. I because I'm so vested in him, I'm probably going to be. You know, I'm going to block all evidence and probably wait a little bit longer. I thought he was starting to come around a little bit too. And this, I thought this was a particularly ill-timed injury. Uh, I'm looking at his recent stats. You're right. He hit 314 in May with a couple of home runs. So you're right. He has the April was really rough. May has been better. Uh, I was just worried about IL if he needed a spot, but you're probably right. I think uh, in a deeper league, he's probably a hold maybe coming around a little bit. I do like him talent wise overall. Um, I just a uh, 21% hard hit rate. He's not shown me a lot yet this year. No, uh, last, no. last note, this one affects you. Um, I was a little, uh, I was a little disappointed with the Fernando Tatis news that came out um, yet to resume swinging a bat. I think we kind of thought of him as like a, you know, really super quick healer kind of a, you know, crazy robot like Ronald Acuna. Um, yeah. But it seems like we're a ways off still from Tatis Jr. Yeah. And that, that's really bad news um, for my main event team. Cause it's all politics are local, but of course, um, yeah, I mean, but this was always a threat. That was kind of the point, especially sure. with his type of injury. Uh, yeah, no, totally. It, it, I just, you just kind of like think of him, like he, he came back so so quickly, like with the shoulder, and I just kind of thought that we'd see a, a quick flip on him. And uh, you I thought he'd super heal every injury, not just right? yeah. You think he's Adrian Peterson, right. Cunha, whoever you want to go with, but um, he's uh, he's feeling feeling slowly rolling roll grounders. But has yet to resume swinging bats, so we're uh, you got to think we're three to four weeks off at best, right? Yeah, but what weren't we always anyhow because of the sixty-day trip? Yeah, but that could have been June, early June, right? I think we're looking at like late June, early July, probably. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, uh, obviously you're not dropping him; you're holding him anyway. But uh, crazy that the Padres was twenty-six and fourteen without him. Like it's uh, talk yeah. about uh, talk about like a picking up some of the trade deadline. That's going to be an, an internal an internal pickup. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, the, usually we hate that terminology, but in this particular case, I think it, it's appropriate. Couple a couple more names I want to ask you about before we jump out of here. Uh, sticking in San Diego, um, probably the leader for the NL MVP right now is is Manny Machado. Uh, hitting 374 right now, had four more hits today. Uh, three runs, two RBIs, monster season so far. Seven home, uh, seven, uh, eight home runs, seven stolen bases. He's kind of done it all, uh, speed and power. 33 runs scored, 27 RBIs. Uh, Machado is a late or uh, mid to late second round pick and uh, providing like top five value so far. I seem to remember him going a little bit early later in draft season because I think people started to realize, okay, you know, he's got some combo po- possibilities. The fact that he already has seven bags and not caught once. Huge. If you can maintain that at all, you're, you're looking at a massive fantasy season. Yeah, it's uh, it's already there. I think he's probably like, – I'm trying to think. Is he probably the MVP? Him or Peter Alonzo maybe is probably the NL MVP yeah. if you had to vote through seven weeks. or whatever, We don't, but uh, Bashad has been huge. He's been – any team that uh, grabbed him in the second round, there's there's a few few minefields in there. He's been he's been really, really good. Uh, another guy that's uh, in the NL West has been awesome, uh, Mookie Betts. We talked about him early. Uh, you know, what's up with Mookie Betts? Not hitting the ball very hard, kind of struggling. That has fully, fully flipped. He's been awesome lately, um, kind of carrying the Dodgers offense at the moment. But you look at him in May, hitting 316, six home runs, 19 runs scored, 17 RBIs. I think he leads the league yeah. in runs. I think he leads the league in run score, which is not surprising. I mean, that's right. a big part of the reason we, you and I talked like him in the, in the, in the late in the first round. It's like, even when he's slumping, 
he's going to score runs leading off for this team. But with Freeman right. and Turner behind him, Muncie, all these guys behind him, um, he's got nine home runs, three steals, 360 OBP, 38 runs scored. Um, right now, uh, certainly providing that first-round value uh, pretty easily. I think common fantasy and otherwise advice is that runs get overlooked at times. Okay. Do you buy that premise? I very much buy that premise. And I also buy the premise that it's hard to find runs on the waiver wires. The one stat we look at, like, I think you and I talked about it early in the season, but uh, or in the preseason, when you look at like the top run scored guy at the end of the year, it's always the top elite studs. It's always, it's really hard to find guys to score runs because they're always, the guys are taking the first three rounds. It's hard to find right. them on the waiver. It's hard to get, everybody's, nobody's putting a guy that hits first, second or third. They're all picked up. They're all drafted. You can find steals. You can find RBIs sometimes. You can find home runs. It's really hard to find run scores if you don't address them in your draft. You get behind in that stat. It's really hard to catch up because the good teams have all these guys are scoring runs. It's really hard to make up ground there. Agreed. Yeah, and it's one of those things you just don't you don't think about in the box score. You're like, oh, how many home runs and RBIs did he have? How many did he steal any bases? How many hits did he have? Very right. rarely, like, oh, Mookie had three runs today. Just it's not something you talk about. No, nope, not at all. Some props to you on uh, on one of your favorite pitchers, uh, Sandy Alcantara. Another complete game shutout today. I think that is that not is that complete game in two of his last? Oh, I guess the other one was eight innings. So he's gone seven, eight, and nine his last three starts. Um, he kind of had a little bit of a hiccup early on. He had that start in uh, in Seattle. He had five runs that uh, kind of ballooned his ERA a little bit. But after today, he's down to two point one one. The ERA is under one one zero now. Um, yeah, Alcantara is as. It seems like he's arrived. The strikeouts are a little bit down. He's not the huge strikeout guy, but he seems as he's certainly arrived as one of the aces you can kind of trust to throw out there every week. So I don't get kudos because I didn't think he was worth the draft price, and I was wrong. You like not love, only has he been worth the draft price last year, though. I did. Yeah. I I did. Um, so yeah, but I, I again I was trailing James Anderson again. So James James gets that credit, but I will say he's worth it now. He's definitely worth it now. You're not getting as many strikeouts as you used to. That is a little bit of a concern. But aside from that, I mean, it's hard to find a good pitcher that is going to be there. Yeah, he got uh, he got pushed up in my main event to the middle of second round by a really good, uh, really good manager in Emmett Rulin. And I was like, oh, that seems that seems about as high as you could take him. But is it? I mean, it's certainly paid off in in every way. He's been he's been really really good. He's been and easily you can just throw him out there every week. A pure ace for sure. And you think you look in that range. I mean, the other guys in that range were, you know, Bueller, Woodruff, Scherzer, um, Giolito also yep. there. Uh, Alcantara has been better than all of them. Urias also, he's been the best of that group. He has. Yeah. So uh, Bieber, I guess you could throw in there also who pitched pretty well today Good. though. But uh, anybody else that uh, you want to talk about kind of hit everybody uh, in fab, all the injuries, a lot of nose and notes this week. Anybody else that uh, is on your mind that you want to discuss while we, uh, well, you got me here. No, I think we're good. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Uh, happy to talk. Uh, happy to talk baseball at all times there. Um, if you want to talk about anything, uh, we're always there. So anyway, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. If you please rate and review the podcast, we do appreciate that. Also, other than that, Jeff and I will be back at you Sunday night with another uh, another uh, another podcast talking about baseball. Take care. Hope everybody has a great week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.